A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Nightcast Creative, Dicey Cantina, and Erica Goodwitch present Path of the Storm, a High Republic Adventure. A dangerous rescue. Two weeks after their battle on Bespin, the Nihil remained elusive. Striking quickly before vanishing without a trace, they continued their raids in the Anowit sector. In the Hoth asteroid belt, four Jedi Knights emerge from hyperspace to carry out a daring rescue. As they approach the stranded vessel, they hope to settle matters with the Nihil once and for all. Hi, I'm Andrew, host of the Dicey Cantina, and in this series, I'll be playing Bekros, a sentinel artisan and hotshot pilot. Bekros is a Kelador whose silver irises indicate his affinity in the Force. He is of average height and size with a deep orange skin tone, and he leaves his customized breathing mask on 90% of the time, being that he's away from Keldor most often. Bekros has tinkered with just about everything mechanical in his life. His lightsaber looks a little more cobbled together than most with gears and sprockets making up the hilt. But more than anything, he loves to fly. His emotional strength is his enthusiasm, and he loves tackling new errors and problems. However, his enthusiasm is balanced by his emotional weakness, recklessness. Bekros hasn't been a Jedi for very long, despite his age. The kind beings within the Order would say that he was simply held back a year, or five, and the more honest masters would confirm that Bekros cares more greatly for flying and flying machines than any of the other tasks they've set for him. Hey, I'm called Erica, and you've heard me on shows like Dicer Brains, Coruscant Nights, and The Dicey Cantina. In this High Republic miniseries, I'll be playing Lodi Verton, a consular arbiter. Lodi is a female Mickeyan, and she stands tall at nearly six feet, though her long flowing tendrils make her appear even taller than that. Her skin shifts from blue to green, her eyes somewhere in the middle, and most striking is the diamond eye tattoo in the center of her forehead. She's been a Jedi Knight, and an adult, long enough that she is confident and refined while still young at 32 years of age. Lodi is silver-tongued, using both her impressive Jedi skills and her charisma to aid in various Jedi outreach programs. She is charitable by nature, giving endlessly to the galaxy around her, but this is balanced by martyrdom, as she grows increasingly frustrated with those beings who would take advantage of others' generosity, whether hers or someone else's. Hello, my name is Doug Eberhardt, and tonight I'm going to be playing Horbo. Horbo is a Gagoran. His career is warrior, and his specialization is Shi Chow Knight. If you don't know anything about Gagorans, they are giant Wookiee-like creatures, but very white, sort of like a wampa. Horbo has a cyan, kind of light blue colored lightsaber, much like the icy glaciers of his home planet. And his lightsaber is also a, a light pike, I believe, or a light spear. Also, Horbo is a connoisseur of various snacks throughout the galaxy. Through his travels, he has discovered many different delicious snacks. He has not discovered a snack that he does not enjoy. Four vectors streak through the stars. Asteroids dot the stellar landscape. And the large white planet Hoth lights their ships. The, the camera 
pans across the, the four Jedi at the helms of their ships. The first familiar face in Mickeyan, Lodi. Do you want to describe what Lodi is looking like uh, as she's flying through the Hoth asteroid belt? Lodi looks a little bit different. She, instead of the slightly formal but more relaxed and comfortable robes that she'd been wearing before, now she's wearing a little bit of armor. And there's just this little crease right between her eye, um, her brows. I don't think Mickeyans have eyebrows because <laughs> they don't have hair, probably. That just sort of shows a little bit of the, the stress and the... Um, concern she's feeling because she got shot uh, into unconsciousness by some Nihil just two weeks ago and they still haven't found anything about where those pirates might have gone to. As the camera moves to the next vector, we see a familiar Keldor his respirator. What is Bekros looking like as he pilots his ship? Uh, if you could see underneath the respirator he wears, there's a slight smile. There's a sense of comfort being back in the ship, back in the saddle, so to speak. He definitely also has donned some of the armored robes that the Jedi offer for more dangerous situations. He doesn't want to be caught out again in the situation that he found himself in with those same Nihil. His brow is also furrowed in the sense of he is on high alert at almost every place he goes. He's a little jumpy, having been stabbed not two weeks ago and been on death's door. He's since dedicated himself a bit more to his training. You know, Bekros was a, a hotshot. You know, he's a, he's a fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy. And, and I think that's still there, but he definitely is a little jumpy, but at the same time has a bit of, he's done his preparation to feel confident in any situation he's stepping into. The camera continues to move over these four ships and we see in the third one, a Lassat, a Jedi master we have not met. The master has purplish gray skin with stripes and yellow eyes. Her face glowing with the white coming off of her, her console where her lightsaber is plugged into her vector. And the next vector over, her Padawan, she looks over to him, and what does she see? She sees a very, very large white Gygoran named Harbo, Padawan Harbo. You can tell that Harbo is a Padawan by the very long uh, Padawan braid and Harbo's long, white, silky hair. Harbo looks very cramped in this tiny, this tiny little cockpit, but blinking Harbo's beady little black eyes, Harbo seems optimistic. I think Harbo's generally pretty optimistic and positive about whatever situation he finds himself in. At this point, Harbo has his mask is actually kind of taken off and he's eaten some snacks in the cockpit as they come out of space. Simultaneously, a small hologram pops up on the dash of every vector in formation. A familiar Dravitan, Kel. Everybody had been expecting this communication as the four of you entered uh, the Hoth system. There have been attacks here lately. A few minor skirmishes between local patrols and what seemed to be 
Nihil. And just yesterday, a uh, long distance trawler was uh, attacked and nobody's heard from it since. I'm sending you over the last known coordinates of the trawler. We need to see if there are any survivors. Keep an eye out, reach out with the force, know your surroundings and understand that you may run into Nihil while you are here. We need to know where they're going, where they're stationed, and if we can track any of them, that would be helpful for our next steps. Any Any of you have any questions? I can send over all the intel that I've got, but it's pretty sparse from the O'Donnells. Coordinates received. All right, let's find us a trawler. What kind of a search pattern are we going to use here? That seems like a decision for the four of you to make. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, uh, sorry, Kel. I was asking the, the group here. <laughs> yep. Anyway, if you don't need anything else from me, I will be in contact in a few hours. May the force be with you all. For light and life. Bye, Kel. Bye. So according to the intel that Kel sent over, the trawler went the trawler went missing whereabouts? In the Hoth system, of course. Near Hoth? In the asteroid belt. In the asteroid All belt. All these attacks have been happening in the in the asteroid belt. Oh, that's fun. Yep. So we get to pilot our tiny little spaceships through an asteroid field. Great. Yes, you do. Could be great. Good thing we're all adequate flyers, yeah? Are you saying that as Lodi? <laughs> I mean, I'm fairly adept. <laughs> I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I'm, I'm pretty great at this. You hear Demi's voice come over the comms. This shouldn't be too difficult. Just remain vigilant and we'll get this taken care of. And she's actually going to do the first roll of the game, which I feel a little weird being the person to do the first roll of the game, but she's got a cool ability, and that is battle meditation which she's going to definitely activate with her two light side points. So the four of you now have a sort of rudimentary link through the force. You can you can feel these people around you. You know these people. You know what they feel like in the force. You are also all going to get a success on... Is it all of you? Yes, it is all of you. You all get a success on your next check. Nice. All right. Well, any piloting checks that you're going to ask us to do, I am going to dedicate a force die to, so... Yeah. So the vector that Kel and um, Bakaros was flying two weeks ago has been repaired and uh, upgraded a little bit. Basically, we're using better stats. So, Doug, flying mm-hmm. your ship. Mm-hmm. Right now, it has negative two handling. So if you're not a Jedi and you're flying that ship, you're getting two setback dice. But you can take your force die. You can commit it. Set it aside. You can't roll it for anything else. And that goes to positive two handling. And you get two boost dice. Okay. So if I were to take my force die and commit it to flying my ship better. Yep. Yep. You get two boost dice. Two boost. And do I lose? Do you said there are setbacks? You don't have to do the setbacks anymore. Mm. Because I'm a Jedi or because I set my die aside? Because you're a Jedi, which allows you to set the die aside. Got it. Got it. Got it. So the four of you head towards the coordinates that Kel sent over. The asteroid belt is pretty crowded for an asteroid belt. Lots of small, when I say small, I mean huge rocks, uh, almost planetoid-sized rocks. And clearing a number of them, you spot the remains of a ship. There had been a distress beacon from this ship. Kel, being very untrustworthy of distress beacons at the moment, did verify that it was an authentic distress beacon. The ship itself looks like it has been partially torn apart 
It looks like it's in multiple pieces that are just sort of floating between these giant rocks. Space is dark, except for that stark white reflecting off the planet Hoth. The asteroids float around. There are lots of places people could be hiding. Millions of stars blink off in the distance. You all get a ping and hear the the translated voice of Harbo. And the translated voice of Harbo is a bit like a like a droid. Harbo asks, Master, is there any indication of what the ship was doing? What it what purpose it served? It was a long-distance trawler gathering base resources here in the asteroid belt. These belts are rich with minerals used in shipbuilding, among other things. It probably had a crew of at least a dozen individuals. Those poor people. Indeed. Probably should get a scan and see if there are any life signs or any indication of people still on board this broken heap. I'll let you do a scan. You can do a sense check, if anybody has sense. I have farsight, which... At medium range, I can see through objects as if the as if they were transparent. Hmm. Pretty cool. It's weird. Wonder how it would work <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't have sense. We could do a hard perception check. You can add your farsight to that if you'd like, and I, I'll take it from everybody if you want. Could I argue computers uh, using the scanners on the vector, assuming it has some? I'll allow it. I'm only hesitant because I'm actually using scan the enemy from Genesis vehicle actions, which is a perception check. Okay. But no, go for computers. It makes sense. Okay. I know Horbo doesn't want to use computers. (laughs) I am making a perception check, dedicating a force die in order to use farsight as I fly pretty close to the trawler. Do you dedicate or do you roll? Roll? Roll. I roll. Dedicate, I guess, would go with enhance. Yeah, so that's three advantages and two dark side. So I, no, I don't call on the, the forest answers badly. And I'm like, no. But it's there. It's there. You can use it. You could have all the answers. What good are answers if they're just clouded in fear and anger? Anybody else rolling? I rolled a three advantages, by the way, of a success and an advantage. If I get to count battle meditation as my success on my next check, you do the only success. <laughs> Does that mean you also succeeded, Erica? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So success, three advantages, success, mm-hmm. one advantage, and Horbo. <clears throat> Does Horb Is a check necessary from Horbo? It seems like his fellow Jedi have solved this issue. Or He's are still eating what snacks. Is Horbo, yeah, what is Horbo doing rather than looking at this ship then? I think that there are a lot of, if this is a movie, cuts to Horbo just, just saying a lot with his blinking, beady little eyes. <laughs> Just kind of, I think Horbo's actually asked his question about the ship and then looked off towards the planet Hoth. And the planet Hoth reminds Horbo of his home planet, Geiger, and he feels a little homesick and wistful. Because Horbo actually, oddly for a Jedi, knew his planet before he became a Jedi. Yeah. Horbo was captured by pirates years ago and was used to haul and move things on a on the uh, shipping dock of a freighter uh, until one day his freighter was on Coruscant and the Jedi sensed his force abilities and freed him and he became a Padawan. You were sensing crew. You were seeing what was going on with the ship. It looks pretty well wrecked, but from your scans and from 
Lodi's looking. Uh, it looks like there is a portion of the ship that it did the successfully airlock before it was ripped apart. Lodi can see, sense two life forms on the bridge of this ship. Advantages? Does the trawler have a place for a starfighter to land? You could potentially land on the hull. It doesn't really have a, a bay or anything that is intact at the moment, but you could find an easy way in with some advantages. Perhaps a, an escape pod that launched. You could you could use the, um, the bay that it came out of or something like that. I was looking for a way to get into the ship without having to go into space first. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Becros can go into space first. Yeah. He's got, what, five, ten minutes before any side effects. So knowing there's a couple people there, I think Becros... Uh, I, I can get right up to that airlock and hop out, see if everybody's okay in there, and try and establish communications with them. You shouldn't go alone, though. Great. You, you can come with me. <sighs> yeah, I suppose I should. What about you, Harpo? You 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 have a respirator too. Are you good in space? Sadly, this is a translating vocoder and does not does not allow me to breathe in this vacuum. Harpo's trying to furrows his furry brow, trying to think of ways Harpo could get onto this ship. Do we have any light side points? You have one light side point and five advantages between the two of you. Well, I guess can I spend advantages on having some sort of space mask thing to wear. Yeah, three advantages. Okay. Sure. Okay, then that is what you I can, spend. I'm imagining I, f- I feel like it was in the Clone Wars animated shorts that came out before the Clone Wars series, and I think it was Sansi Tin, the Iktachi Jedi, has like a whole head breathing mask with that the horns come out of. I think it would make sense that you could have some sort of apparatus, some sort of uh, respirator, mm-hmm. like more heavy respirator if you're spending some time in space. See, I was picturing more like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> just a mask? Yeah, just the mask. Sure. <laughs> kind of like a blue force field just mask. It just like adheres like around my face like this because I can't tendrils. Helmets don't really work. And then there's just a nice little force field between my face that I can breathe and the void of space. Okay. That's your three advantages. Becros, two advantages? Just one. Just one. Just the one. The area in front of the the locked airlock, where the ship is kind of ripped apart for the bridge, mm-hmm. it's big enough to fit two or three vectors in without... Like to, to park and shield them from the asteroid field and the elements? Essentially. Okay, sure. So Becros and Lodi maneuver their vectors into this space off the end of the ship. And what do they do from there? Probably going to need this. So I park and pull out my lightsaber so that the weapon system is no longer operational. Buckle it securely to my belt and open the windshield. slides open and the space around you fills with nothing. Everything is quiet. You can't hear anything but the sound of your own breathing in your mask. Becros does the same. Becros does the same. Uh, He does come over to Harbo and our Jedi Master friend of just, you know, be sure and keep an eye out. There may still be activity in the area, so we're going in. We will remain vigilant. Let us know if you need any support. Copy that. 
and Beckros is definitely taking his lightsaber as well. As Lodi and Beckros make their way to the airlock to get into this ship, Horbo and his master begin to patrol around the area. Back in when we introduced Master Zarias, we saw from inside the glow of white from her ship's computer systems. When a Jedi pilots a vector, they use their lightsaber as a key to activate the weapon systems. And when the weapon systems are active, they glow with the color of that lightsaber. What does Corbo's lightsaber look like, and what color is the interior of his ship glowing with now? Corbo's ship glows with a very pale blue, like a cool cyan blue. It is as icy blue as the glaciers of his home planet. And how does he plug his lightsaber? And most Jedi just put it, it goes right in the console. You put it in and twist, I think, mm-hmm. and, and that activates things. Oh, you mean, I forgot. <laughs> Horbo's lightsaber is a little different. Horbo's lightsaber is, I think, about five or six feet long. It's a light pike. And Horbo has a, he has an adapter. So it's almost like a long cord <laughs> coming from the dashboard that he does a quick twist and it connects. And He has a yeah. dongle for his lightsaber. <laughs> It's the only thing that made me sense. <laughs> I would think like it would have like the little bit that has the kyber crystal would twist off and that like Oh. Yeah, that's like you know how like two handed lightsabers can twist together like maul and then the untwist and it's <laughs> I forgot that they could like that that would make sense that it's just a tiny lightsaber with like a long stick that's connected to it. It's not crystals yeah. all the way down. So I all like right. the dongle idea. Yeah. Alright, I'll stick to my guns. There's a dongle. <laughs> Great. Master Zarias and Horbo begin their patrol. Has Horbo been on any outings like this before? Let's say this is one of the first. Only a handful of outings in the past. Horbo is pretty good at flying, as all Jedi are. I think that he has been trained on Coruscant for the beginning of his Padawan years, and I imagine that they probably have pretty immersive flight simulators and Horbo's done pretty well and feels confident, but I think uh, maybe a little claustrophobic. Still hasn't gotten over the idea of flying in a tiny little tin can and through space as a big, white, hairy guy. It is claustrophobic, and it's quiet. Another thing about vectors is that, yes, you are basically in a tiny tin can. You can pretty much feel every twist and turn that your ship makes. You know exactly what's out there based on how it feels to pilot your ship. And right now there's nothing but these giant rocks slowly drifting through space. Can I do a check for fun? What kind of check do you want to do? I have one force power, and that is 4C. Fantastic. I think as they're kind of slowly arcing around the ship, trying to continue to see as far as they can see to see if there's any approaching Nihil vessels. Horbo blinks those little black eyes and is going to kind of try to see past this thin sheet of duraglass and see a little bit into the future. Roll it. So what do I, Tell me what what do I roll? I just roll it. Roll your force die. Okay. 
one light. Okay. What is the force like for Horbo? How does Horbo feel the force? How does he perceive the force? Hmm. How does he see the force? That's such a hard question, but I like it. Mm-hmm. I think that when Horbo was imprisoned and forced to work for these pirates, Horbo spends a lot of time in his kind of in his mind, in his imagination, and has spent spent a lot of time kind of almost pretending he was somewhere else when he was enslaved. And I think that he I guess he daydreams. I think he sees the force like a daydream. And I think that he sees it very sometimes very realistically and sometimes it's sort of like a foggy muddled version of of things to come. And how many light side points did you get? Just one. Okay. So you don't get to use your upgraded strength. Dang. You don't get to pick out that one that one detail. Dang. Okay. But as as Horbo gazes off into the into the distance, remaining vigilant, being aware of his surroundings, his uh, mind and sense, his consciousness wanders briefly, and he sees flashes of orange fire and green fire going across his his windscreen. He sees the asteroids. He sees the stars swirling off in the distance. He feels the presence of something dark. And then he sees Bava and the temple and his master and Kel. And he knows that he's going to end his day there. He is going to ping his master. Yes, Padawan. Master Zarias, I've had a vision, a vision of Bava vision of battle, turmoil, fear. Something dark is coming, possibly here, possibly to Baba. I feel it with 100% certainty, Master. Be mindful of your emotions. Do not give in to the fear. Whatever comes will come. Visions of the future are difficult to interpret, but keep them in mind as the day unfurls. Thank you, Master. Meanwhile, the ship... Lodi and Bekros have managed to get into the ship. The quarters are tight and dark. It's cold in here. It seems like most of the lights, life support systems are off or broken or something. Every once in a while, you get a small spot of light. It seems like there are some systems that may still be on. You know that there are the two people in the bridge, but it is very quiet in here. Bekros is moving forward with a good amount of speed. You know, he he's looking to get in and out as quick as possible. Not ignited, but his lightsaber is definitely in hand. And uh, he turns to, to Lodi and is just like, let's just get in and get out as quick as we can. Of course. Lodi, um, when he turns to look at her, is taking off the uh, the space mask to tuck it away because I imagine it has a limited battery. Probably, yeah. It doesn't last forever, so she's saving it for when she has to go back out into space to get to her vector. She doesn't take her lightsaber in her hand. It's still belted at her waist, and she just strolls confidently down the hallway towards the bridge. The two of you make your way to the bridge. The door is closed, and when you open it, you are met by two people a human and a Rodian, and they've got their blasters drawn. 
I'll flip for that. So you've got two story points now. These these two people have their blasters drawn and pointed at the door, and I think you just managed to dodge one shot and hear the human yell, Who are you? Get off our ship! Yeah, I'm not playing around. Those blasters are mine now. Roll it. That's the dark side again. <laughs> one dark side point. <laughs> It's strong here. You could get both those blasters if you wanted, and it would be easy. This time I will answer because I'm not looking to get shot at again. You pull both of those blasters from these two into your hand. Uh, Bekros has ignited his lightsaber as well. We're with the Jedi Order. We're here to rescue the crew. Rescue? Who? Jedi? You're not more pirates, are you? You're not pirates, are you? We're not pirates. No, we're not pirates. How many crew are you? I think there's only the two of us left. What happened to everybody else? I feel like Lodi has a blaster in each hand by, <laughs> like, pointed down on the floor, hands nowhere near the trigger, and it's just like, did the word Jedi really mean nothing to you? No, it didn't. It meant nothing. These two people are still, like, half-crouched behind computers, terminals in this in this space. Have you seen the rest of the ship? I, I mean, it, it... Yes. Pirates destroyed it. How did they destroy it? Well, I'd show you, but our computers aren't working, obviously. We've got footage of the whole thing. They ripped the ship apart. Oh, what's wrong with the computers? I, I'm pretty handy with a computer. I think this would be good evidence to, to gather. But come out from there. You start You start to approach yes, with your lightsaber. Hey, now, put those weapons away. How about this? You two come out from back there to come talk to us. We promise. Very nice. Very reasonable. And you can have these back. Leadership check. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you a boost because you're offering them their weapons back. Is there another boost in there for the fact that Becros has his lightsaber ignited and they don't have no. weapons anymore, so they probably want to listen to us? Well, I think there's a setback for the trauma that these two have been through recently, and I'll give you I'll give you the boost for the lightsaber, but it's also a setback because you still have a weapon drawn. Okay. So average check with two boosts and two setbacks. I like how it's a street it's a leadership instead of negotiation. You could do a negotiation. I would love to do a negotiation. Goodbye, setback die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why do you need another setback die? No, let's let's do this instead. I'm gonna flip with a story point. So it's a red and a purple. Well, I get to get rid of both setback die. Fine. A lot of successes and a blank purple die and a blank red die. Seems about right. <laughs> wow, I was not kidding. Five successes and two advantages. Okay, they get out from behind the computer and back off a little bit. I'm very nice. They approach the two of you and try to do some sort of local greeting, which is like a weird handshake. Local, like, to the hot system, local to the Anuet sector, because we are all from the Anuet sectors. Yes, yeah, it's local to the sector. Okay. You're aware of it. It's it's weird. It makes you uncomfortable, <laughs> but everybody here does it. Um, yeah, Lodi absolutely does it without awkwardness. Yeah, it's like a handshake, but something happens with a thumb. Okay. Uh, and you hand them their blasters back, and they show back to the computer. And the Rodian says, I just can't get it to work. I think something got fried when they attacked. They were shooting all over the place, and I tried to reroute the power. He points to where you can see some very clearly jury-rigged wires and conduits. But I just can't get it to work. Hmm. 
Uh, Lodi, why don't you let the, the others know that we've made contact with the crew? I'm going to see if I can't get this footage off of this computer. Uh, I can't tinker with what they've done here. Absolutely. So then I, uh, I ping Master Zarias and uh, <laughs> Harbo, update them on the situation. We found the members of the crew. We are working together to get the ship's computers back online in order to retrieve some intel. Very good. Do you have any way to get the crew safely off the ship? I mean, there are other rooms that we passed by. We could probably be there. I, sorry, we did not ask your names. Captain Sorpin. It's good to meet you, Captain. Uh, I am Jedi Knight Lodi. That is Knight Becros. And I was wondering, we have extra seats on our vectors that we could use to transport the two of you to Bespin or Bava or whatever port of your choosing. But we do need a way to get the two of you onto our ships. Is there a room with spacesuits to place you in that you could put on or something? Yes, I'll go back and see if it's still part of the ship. And he goes off in the direction of your vectors. Yeah, that should be fine. Lodi, why don't you go with him? Okay. I would like my vector to still be there. Thank you for listening to this episode of Path of the Storm. Today's episode was produced by Nightcast Creative. To find out more about Nightcast Creative and the shows that we make, visit nightcastcreative.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Dicey Cantina and Erica Goodwitch. For more of Dicey Cantina, visit diceycantina.com or youtube.com slash C slash Dicey Cantina. Thanks to Crystal, Nikki, and James from the University of Coruscant for lending their voices to this episode. The seed for this adventure can be found as the modular encounter Phantoms in the Dark in the Strongholds of Resistance supplement for the Star Wars role-playing game by Fantasy Flight Games and Edge Studios.